when a donor or an investor, to Christie's point, makes a contribution, we should thank them appropriately. We should acknowledge it quickly. We should have that personalization of saying, hey, Ryan, thank you so much for the mission that you've been able to impact on our opportunity and support in our organization. Welcome to the Responsive Nonprofit Podcast, brought to you by Virtuous. Responsive nonprofits are the organizations thriving in today's ever-changing fundraising landscape leading with innovation to grow giving and impact. Join us each week in spirited conversation with the leading voices across philanthropy, fundraising, and nonprofit technology. Subscribe on your favorite station or visit us over at www.virtuous.org backslash podcast. Here we are back again with another episode of the Responsive Nonprofit Podcast. This episode is actually a follow-up to a previous episode we recently hosted about how to leverage technology based upon the findings from the Giving USA report. Now, this conversation, as a follow-up, dove in a bit deeper with a roundtable of fundraising leaders. And this was done in partnership with Lighthouse Council, one of our partners here at Virtuous. And I have Eric Tamales back with us. And Eric, I'm wondering, you know, before we share the conversation, could you give us just like your key takeaways and the big highlights from the conversation that you hosted? Yeah, absolutely, Brian. Hey, hey, welcome. Hi, everyone. I'm excited for this conversation. Uh, we partnered, Virtuous, we partnered with Lighthouse to bring in Dr. Una to do an overview of the Giving USA briefing. And then we had a powerhouse roundtable of five key professionals in our field, both Lighthouse and, and especially Virtuous. We are proud members to be and supporters to both the Giving Institute and the Giving USA Foundation that actually puts out this report for our industry. When you get into the, when you hear Dr. Una talk about what the report is and what the findings were, you know, the opportunity for being responsive and leading it to be a fundraiser and technology is at the precipice for nonprofits today, as you see the generosity crisis going through hand in hand. So real excited for this conversation. It was really well orchestrated from soup to, or start to finish, and it, really excited for the conversation. Beautiful. Well, in the next hour, you're going to learn a little bit more on how to build a responsive fundraising strategy based on the Giving USA findings, how to incorporate multi-channel giving into your philanthropic efforts, how to treat every donor like a major gift donor, how do you give everyone that hyper-personal experience, and most importantly, how to apply all the findings to your fundraising strategy. So tune in now, enjoy. It is an incredible conversation with a rock star cast. You'll love every moment. This episode is brought to you by Virtuous. Are you stuck using outdated, slow, and redundant technology to power your nonprofit? It's time to make the switch. Virtuous gives your organization the fundraising, volunteer, and marketing tools you need to create a more responsive donor experience and grow giving. Want to learn more? Get a personalized demo today at virtuous.org demo. That's virtuous.org demo. I'm Ryan Warnicky, your host for today's discussion with Eric Tamales of Virtuous. Eric recently moderated the panel discussion during the joint Lighthouse Council and Virtuous 2023 Giving USA briefing. Eric is the Director of Business Development and Chief Evangelist at Virtuous, the responsive fundraising platform. He's committed to helping nonprofits grow global generosity 
He's a proven fundraising professional who has always been forward thinking, donor and people driven, and most of all, results oriented. With 20 plus years of professional fundraising experience, Eric has made over 4,000 face-to-face donor solicitations himself, raising millions of dollars for numerous nonprofit organizations in areas including healthcare, education, human services, university athletics, and youth-based organizations. He's served as a frontline fundraiser as well as an executive in some transformative organizations such as St. Jude's, the Boy Scouts of America, and right there in his own hometown of Pittsburgh, the Allegheny Health Network. Eric, thank you so much for joining us today. And as always, it's a pleasure to spend some time with you, my friend. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate the shout out to Pittsburgh, as well as the opportunity to, to partner along with you guys. We at Virtuous love Lighthouse and that conversation we just had earlier this week with our webinar. What a topical information we had. And we had a really great panel, exceptional leaders to facilitate that discussion. Well, thank Yins for help putting it on, <laughs> promoting it. And obviously, as a member mm. of the Giving Institute and a supporter of the Giving USA Foundation, thanks for helping to bring the report together. So I'm going to dive in. In this year's Giving USA report, we learned that giving dropped across the board 3.5% without accounting for inflation. And we look at that in comparison to the S&P 500 dropping nearly 20% during that same time frame in 2022. We also learned that foundation giving has increased to 21% of of total U.S. giving, which follows a 40-year trend where there's been less individual giving and more giving from foundations when you look at data from Giving USA showing ultimately more sophisticated and wealthy donors give through these pass-through organizations as foundations and in some cases donor buyer funds. The main headline was the slight decrease in giving And Dr. Una Asali from the IU Lilly Family School of Philanthropy said an estimated 2.5 million fewer households made a charitable gift last year, right? And that follows a longstanding trend that we've seen in AFP's fundraising effectiveness report. So Eric, that was a really lengthy preamble to kind of help set the stage. You led a really engaging panel discussion the other day. And so- With that in mind, what were some of your favorite panelist comments about the decline in donors and individual giving and how people can effectively combat this at their organizations? Yeah, Ryan, I appreciate that. Well, before I jump into the question that you're leaning into, I have to give the shout out to the actual panel itself. And I was real excited to the diversity and the opportunity of where everyone came from, all the different organizations, big and small. We had a new organization that had hundreds of employees within their foundation. We had an organization that had two employees. We had different markets and focus on healthcare as well as environment. So I wanted to give that opportunity and the shout out to Abigail Tobia from Verland. We had Harold Witherspoon from the Salvation Army. We had Marco Corona from the Southern Environmental Law Center. We had our own Kevin Foyle from the UT Health Houston. And then what uniquely I actually loved having was Christy Eckhoff from Wells Fargo Advisors to talk about what you led into about the donor advised funds and the foundations and how to communicate with folks. But really what stood out to me was 
You heard about the decline of the Giving at USA report of giving from year over year from pandemic to where we are today. But what I saw heard more was the opportunity. And all the panelists came out and talked about the opportunity for focus on gratitude, focused on generosity, the fact that they were happy that donors were being engaged with their organization. Harold came out from the Salvation Army and he led into, yeah, sure, donors are out there and individuals are giving. But it starts at the volunteer capacity. He was talking about it. If you haven't seen the webinar, please go back and see it. I think it's a really fascinating conversation of learning into the volunteer leading into the opportunity to become a prospect, become a donor, to be engaged, focused on the mission of his organization. I loved Marco's quote, and I wrote it down on my notebook, was it's challenging for nonprofit leaders to walk and chew gum at the same time. And unfortunately, we have to do that. Right. And Marco, coming from an executive role, you can't just do one thing. You have to do multiple things and everything matters when it gets into the giving panel. And finally, like I said, Christy coming from Wells Fargo, they manage a whole host of family foundation and donor advised funds. She gave this snapshot, a tidbit of if you want to understand where giving from the philanthropy side is coming from, watch the stock market the S&P, look at all the opportunities, look what's out there and see how giving reacts on a regular basis, whether it's inflation or the GDP or everything else to that. So incredible topics. But those are the key things that I took away from just a high level piece. Well, and I agree that each of the panelists brought a really unique perspective and Christie's were very interesting, frankly, mm -hmm. having those discussions from a different lens of working with donors. It's um, funny because like when you're a hammer, all you see is a nail, right? And yeah. so when you're a major gift officer, all you're focused on are your donors, right? When you're a chief development officer, you're looking at the entire institution. But with Christy's point of view was she's focused on charitable giving from a family foundation. So I just thought that was so fascinating to hear how others are seeing how they approach the industry. Right. And thank you for referencing each of the panelists. And folks, we're going to include the link to the recording of that webinar in the show notes here. So with that in mind, we're going to move to the next question, which is also related. While total giving was slightly down, although not below pre-pandemic levels, the giving of mega gifts did not go down. So for those of you unfamiliar, Giving USA tracks mega gifts as gifts that are, I believe, half of a percent of total giving in the United States in a given year. So this year, that worked out to gifts of $500 million or more, half billion dollar gifts, right? And so half billion dollar gifts did not decrease compared to the previous year, I should say, mega gifts, which might be defined slightly differently, did not decrease. So that coupled with the increased funding from private and family foundations shows that larger funders continue to play a bigger and with the decrease in donors, almost outsized role in many organizations' revenue streams, right? We're not talking about half billion dollar gifts. We know most organizations don't get those, but in general, these wealthier, larger donors. So Eric, in your experience, what's the best way to build meaningful relationships from these important investors? And using Christie's words, she said, these are typically investments as they think about them. And were there any great panel comments on this subject? Yeah. The thing that I took away and what we heard in consistency, you know, I shared it earlier, was all about gratitude and generosity, was this idea in this concept across all the panelists was this idea of just focused on personalization, 
right? Like the world around us is changing, right? Like Marriott, Netflix, Amazon, all these for-profit companies are becoming personal and being able to send messages from a personal standpoint to their consumers or investors or the people who buy their products. And we should be doing the same thing as nonprofit organizations. When a donor or an investor, to Christie's point, makes a contribution, we should thank them appropriately. We should acknowledge it quickly. We should have that personalization of saying, hey, Ryan, thank you so much for the mission that you've been able to impact on our opportunity and support in our organization. And I heard that all over the place from our panel. It was really interesting. And I love the feedback from some of our attendees were asking the questions was, and that's why I started off the conversation with the difference of our panelists, right? The size and scope of their own organizations. And Kevin, being at a large institution, built a mid-level giving program to be able to focus in on the future of his organization. Sees the foresight of the strategy of where he wants to take UT Health. And the panelists let in and asked, was like, how do you do that in my own small organization? And Abigail jumped in and was like, you got to start small, right? Like, you got to just do something to get the ball rolling, you know, create automation, create some type of things in the background to be able to authentically and personalize and thank and appreciate what our donors, our investors are doing to be able to move forward with the organization. And then the other opportunity came from Abigail, which was the idea of failing forward. All too many times, nonprofits don't like change. We're comfortable with what we're doing. We're inheriting our old ways and their strategies and our techniques and our technologies and everything else from the past. And unfortunately, we as nonprofit leaders, we're looking at it as an annual budget, whatever it may be. And so we don't have the room to fail, but we need to embrace it is what her point was. And we need to be able to do it often. And then that's where Marco led in with the budget piece, was talking about the for-profit companies are leaning in and looking at, okay, what are we going to forecast? What do we think is actual? What do we think is probable? What do we think is a maybe? And we should take that approach to our budgets. And if you lean in with the failing forward and trying new things and starting small and taking that approach of your budget that Marco shared, I think all three of those, that's where organizations can grow independently, focus on personalization and trying new things to be able to move the needle forward for themselves. Eric, I love that you brought that up. When Abigail mentioned that, I actually wrote it down. It it reminded me, Years ago, I had a discussion with a mutual friend of ours, Cherry and Koshi, who yeah. actually, he was sitting in and listening during the webinar. And at one of his previous places of work, they had an innovation fund. They line itemed, I don't know, maybe $5,000 a year, every year, frankly, expecting that it would fail and they would learn a really valuable lesson from it. And if the investment paid off with great results, that much better. But that's exactly the kind of thing that Abigail was talking about and Marco was mentioning is this is what we need to do to be able to grow. Really happy that you landed on that and shared that with our audience. So Eric, you've shared a lot, but what are your top three takeaways from this year's report itself? and our recent panel discussion. You heard me say it like from the beginning was the generosity, gratitude, but honestly, like it came back focused on the relationships. Relationships matter, right? Like at the end of the day, our donors, our investors want to have that personalization. They want to hear from our organization. If they're giving, they want to be appreciated. They want to be acknowledged. They want to know that the organization cares about the individual. And at the end of the day, sure, Major giving is on a huge increase right now, and those mid-level and those low-level donors are leaving because they're not being appreciated and they're not being connected with. And you're seeing this through this generosity crisis that's out there. Frankly, I like sharing with organizations, is, and what I heard throughout our webinar was 
Let's lean into those relationships. Let's build those authentic conversations. It can be done in a multi-channel way, whether it's through text or mobile or phone or email or mail. Let's go to the donor and find out what channel is appropriate to them. And even coming out of the Giving USA report, we saw that mobile giving is on the increase with Generation Z and millennials, right? Online giving has increased two years ago, last year, and even again this year. So leaning into those technologies and those efficiencies that can be able to afford that relationship in an authentic way for our organizations to be able to combat the fact that individual giving is going down and people are giving in different ways in a more sophisticated manner to our organizations that works best for them. And it's really important you bring that up because thinking through the panel discussion, that was one of the things that Harold said. Harold said that they picked up a number of donors at the Salvation Army over the pandemic, but a lot of those folks dropped off in 22 and all of the things you're talking about really lead to a smaller decrease in giving. So Eric, all of those things that you mentioned, they really speak to responsive fundraising, which is the core of what Virtuous is and what Virtuous does. And frankly, the name of Gabe Cooper's first book, Responsive (laughs) Fundraising. Yeah. We haven't talked about Virtuous at all. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Virtuous and responsive fundraising? Absolutely. I really do appreciate that, Ryan. I mean, I absolutely love talking about Virtuous and our concept of responsive fundraising. That's why I travel and do all the communications that we do for our our industry. Responsive fundraising is the core of our methodology for our technology. And obviously, we're a technology platform for nonprofit organizations. And I really was bought into this idea of responsive fundraising when I had this conversation with Gabe a couple of years ago, and I wanted to jump onto a team to be able to help grow nonprofits. And I think about when I was in the nonprofit space and serving the mission in our community and all those different organizations is when a donor gives to our organization, what do we do? We follow up, we call them, we thank them, we sit down and have a conversation with them and we ask them, why are you giving to our organization? That's really reactive fundraising. Right. And so responsive is on the front end where we want to kind of take that Netflix approach. Right. Like when I watch Stranger Things, it'll automatically suggest another series based on my personal preferences. But in my own household, my wife has her own Netflix account underneath the umbrella. Right. So she's getting her own personalization journey from there. So at the end of the day, responsive is we want to listen to who our donors and our prospects and who those donors are. We want to connect with them personally. I'll create those automatic touch points, suggest the next step. Sometimes it's a financial ask. Sometimes it's a get to know more about the organization. And then we want to test and validate and repeat and learn that opportunity. And that's the core response of fundraising. But at the end of the day, it's done through our technology where all of our systems talk to one another, right? So we have a CRM, which is our home base, but we're much more than just a CRM. We have the email, we have the marketing, we have the AI, which is like social insights and well screening. We have some great partners in that space, online giving and volunteer management and all of those things talk to one another. So we can create donor journeys and welcome series and acknowledgement pieces and all through a multi-channel approach to make it easy for our nonprofit leaders to grow generosity at scale for their organization. Thanks, Eric. Really appreciate that. And the great work that you and Virtuous do with so many wonderful organizations, I'd say across the country, but across the world, really. Around the world, yeah. So we are at time, Eric, and it's been an absolute blast having you on. So thanks for finding some time in your very busy schedule today. 
we're glad that you could share your words of wisdom with the Beacon Podcast audience. Do you have any closing words? Yeah, I really do. The last piece I'll say is, frankly, thank you, Ryan, and thank you to Lighthouse for putting this podcast on. I think it's very valuable for our nonprofit leaders. But more importantly, I thank our nonprofit leaders. I really do value the work you guys do on a day-to-day basis. The work is hard. It's arduous. We're getting pulled in 20 different directions. But the work you do matters. And at the end of the day, supporting our community, supporting our organizations, it's because of your leadership and your constant wanting to learn and grow and listen to podcasts like this to be able to grow generosity locally. Thank you so much for what you guys do for our communities. And that's a wrap, folks. Thanks for tuning in this week to the Responsive Nonprofit Podcast. We are so grateful for your time. We know how busy you are and consider it a privilege to journey alongside you as you work to make change in our world. We believe in you and would love to hear from you. Projects like this are only as good as the feedback we get, the guests who come on, and all the topics we get to discuss. So if you have an idea, if you know of an impactful guest that must come on the show, or if you want to be a part of the responsive community, check us out over at virtuous.org backslash podcast and join the conversation. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite station. Your mission needs your collective talent and passion. So go forth and lead the charge forward and we'll be here cheering you on. We'll see you next week.